Hi, Tony Hines here, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, it's great to be here, and thanks for dropping by. This is the News Roundup, all things impacting global supply chains this week. Well, inflation is still the top story, and there's concern now that inflation, of course, is one of the problems driving the movements in the banking sector at present. You remember the SV Bank in California that had problems with bonds, driving its liquidity down, and then creating a rush on the bank. And that was because of bond prices and the interest rates on bond prices rising due to inflation. Similar thing happened in the UK banking sector after the Liz Truss quasi-cartang budget back in November. And for a week there was turmoil on the markets as banks were concerned about the bond prices falling as a result of interest rates increasing. And that's the conundrum. And there's still concern that central banks might actually drive interest rates up to try and dampen inflation, but actually cause problems elsewhere in the system. So, is that going to continue? Hmm. You'll recall last week that both in the United States and the United Kingdom, interest rates were put up by a quarter of a percent by the central banks. That's the Fed Reserve and the Bank of England. And people are beginning to wonder whether that's adding stress to the system, whether it's systemic or whether it's just that these banks that are having problems are simply one-offs, SVB and Credit Suisse. So we'll have to wait and see. Now, I really love these. Glempack, a company based in California, has made the ultimate container box, the flat pack container. Who'd have thought it? But what a great idea. This container box goes down to a flat pack in about 80 seconds, and you can get four of them on a truck. So it really does solve the container box problem in many ways. And they're worth a look. So get across to Glenpack and have a look at those container boxes and see if you can use them. Now, if you want to do that, I'll put a link in the notes so that you can get to the right people. You can also pick up the details on my blog in the Chain Reaction newsletter. So take a look at that too. Well, in the past week, there's been a lot of discussion in the news media about the potential damage that artificial intelligence might do to society. And in the past week, some notable people have suggested that advances might be too fast and the dangers might be great. Leading tech influencers such as billionaire Elon Musk, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, as well as former presidential candidate Andrew Yang, are calling for a temporary halt on AI experiments to address the risks. The question is, of course, is it too late to address these concerns? Many commentators think that a lot more has to be done with regard to addressing ethical concerns. Is it enough or even wise to attempt to turn back the tide of change? Can you turn back the clock? Remember King Canute? It may be an impossible task. So we'll have to watch this space to see how this develops. But it's like any technology, I think. You have to learn to live with the technology once it's developed. Now, while we're on the subject of artificial intelligence, there's a forthcoming episode coming your way in April, which is about super forecasters and artificial intelligence. 
And so you want to drop by and pick that one up because you'll find out a little bit more about what I say about artificial intelligence grounded in research. Cyber attacks on supply chains are back in the news again. A number of security firms, including Sophos, CrowdStrike, and Sentinel One, sounded the alarm about 3CX's widely used voice and video calling client targeting downstream customers. The software is used by more than 600,000 companies, and they include American Express, BMW, McDonald's, and the UK's National Health Service. The Trojan malware is capable of harvesting system information, stealing data, stored in credentials from browsers including Google Chrome, Microsoft Edge, Firefox and Brave. Another story in the news this week is about pork meat from South America and Europe finding its way onto British supermarket shelves and being wrongly labelled as British pork. Criminal investigations are underway. This is a serious problem and this is probably a post-Brexit issue since... This would almost certainly not have happened during the time the United Kingdom was a member of the European Union because there were stricter controls on the movement of food products, including meat, and items had to be correctly labelled. The pork meat from South America and Europe found its way onto British supermarket shelves. It was wrongly labelled as British pork, and rotting meat was mixed with fresh meat. The country of origin details were false, and the criminal investigations underway identified public health risks including listeria and E. coli, which of course can cause death. And this has been going on for the past two years. UK government is claiming credit for Pacific Asia trade deals this week with 11 countries. And many think this is just a PR exercise because they already had deals with those countries. The likelihood is it will increase the gross domestic product by just 0.08%. That's 8 pence in £100. So only another £3.92 to pull back, or 3.92% to make up for the GDP loss, the 4% due to Brexit, indicated by the Office of Budget Responsibility. Now, I couldn't help thinking this is part of the ongoing tit-for-tat economic war between the United States and China, as the Chinese cyberspace regulator said they will conduct a cybersecurity review of products sold in the country by US memory chip manufacturer Micron Technology. The move comes amid a spat over chip technology between Washington and Beijing, and it's aimed at protecting the security of the supply chain for critical information infrastructure prevent hidden risks and safeguard national security, according to the Cyber Administration of China. No other details were given. The United States, of course, has imposed a series of export controls on chip-making technologies to China for fear it could be used to produce chips for the application of artificial intelligence, which could be used by China's military and blacklisted. A number of China's largest chip firms, including Micron rival Yangtze Memory Technologies, So it looks like uh, tit-for-tat, doesn't it? Micron is one of the world's largest memory chip makers, and they've not responded so far. Micron derives about 10% of its revenue from China, but it wasn't clear if this would 
affect the company's sales to non-Chinese customers in China. Most of the Micron products going into China are purchased by non-Chinese firms. Micron has offices in Shanghai and Shenzhen and a chip packaging facility in the city of Xi'an. The Environmental Protection Agency in the United States announced on Friday it was approving the California plans to require a rising number of zero-emission heavy-duty trucks as the state pushes to cut pollution. Governor Gavin Newsom announced on Twitter that as a result of the plan, half of all heavy-duty trucks sold in California will be electric by 2035. Time to stop playing small ball, he added. Under an executive order, Newsom signed in 2020 California plans to mandate by 2045 all operations of medium and heavy-duty vehicles to be zero emission were feasible. The California Air Resource Board had wanted waivers from the Clean Air Act to set heavy-duty vehicles and engine emission standards. And California has been joined by states including Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Oregon and Washington in adopting these rules. The EPA hasn't approved, so far, the new regulations on pollutant exhaust emission standards for nitrogen oxide and particulate matter for 2024. Light-duty cars, of course, all new ones will have to be either electric or plug-in electric hybrids by 2035. California needs another EPA waiver for that regulation to be actioned. Transport is the largest source of United States greenhouse gas emissions, and it makes up 29% of emissions. Heavy-duty vehicles are the second largest contributor at 23%. Consumer spending in the United States increased by 0.2% in February, and the core price index rise for PCE is 0.3%. It's up 4.6% year-on-year. Income has climbed 0.3%. The saving rate has jumped to 4.6% from 4.4%. US consumer spending has risen only moderately in February and inflation has cooled. It remained high enough to allow the Federal Reserve to raise the interest rates one more time this year. But the slowdown in consumer spending is uh, evidence of those interest rates having some impact. Economic growth forecasts for the first quarter are 3.25% annualised. And the strong growth in the quarter is expected to help to ease worries of credit crunch, which of course was uh, a cause for concern given the collapse of two regional banks. The Federal Reserve remained focused on getting inflation under control. Consumer spending accounts for more than two-thirds of US economic activity, so it's an important measure. In Europe this week, inflation has fallen to 6.9%. So that seems to be coming under control also. The rate in the United Kingdom is still high at 10.4%, but it's hoped that that will begin to fall too in the next quarter. The market for food and energy are the volatile elements in the consumer bag, and they're likely to remain volatile for some time, but there has been some indication that certainly energy costs may start to fall, but we'll have to wait and see. President Macron in France is still facing large protests against his rise in the pension age. 
and these protests are likely to continue. President Macron heads off to Beijing on a visit to discuss global matters, leaving the Paris debacle behind. And that visit takes place between the 5th and 8th of April. Now, one of our listeners got in touch with me this week to tell me that they were now unable to get hold of their favourite seeds coming from Europe. These are seeds for courgette, which they obtain from a French supplier annually. But apparently, these seeds are now too difficult to supply to the United Kingdom by the French supplier because of the added cost and bureaucracy of, you've guessed it, Brexit. The shortage of seeds from the European Union for many popular varieties of vegetables, which include the French bean, aquilum, the courgettes, parthenon, which the listener got in touch about, have been withdrawn by breeders, along with chilies, peppers, beans, peas and potatoes. Post-Brexit phytosanitary certificates are the problem. Suppliers complain that minor errors stop supplies in their tracks and many of the EU suppliers have withdrawn from the UK market. According to Reuters this week, China's top lithium producers have agreed to set a floor price of $36,380 per tonne of lithium carbonate. That's 250,000 yuan. Previously, the market price was always set by the market, but this week they've... uh, Move the price as demand evaporates, according to the sources that Reuter have. Another piece of news coming in this week is in relation to a looming potato shortage in the United Kingdom, as farmers reduce land use for the crop by 10% due to rising energy prices. This news is reported in the Farmers Weekly. Well, I don't suppose we could leave this week's News Roundup without mentioning the fact that the former US President, Donald Trump, has been indicted and will likely face criminal charges in relation to the payoff of a porn star, Stormy Daniels. But of course, he's the first US President in history to be brought up on criminal charges. Mr Trump, of course, says that these are fabricated and it's a vendetta against him. And others think differently. It's going to be an interesting time. Now, when we listen to all the comments and the conversations that go on around the world, one thing caught my eye this week. All the problems in all the supply chains in all the world have been resolved. And this is by edict of all the world leaders. And they've agreed not to fight any more wars. And actually, politicians in each of the countries around the globe have agreed that they'll no longer do stupid things to people and they won't overtax them and they won't misuse their money and they won't be corrupt. Now, isn't that a fantastic solution? Hmm. Well, I just remind you, this is the 1st of April edition and we know what happens on the 1st of April. It's April Fool. I'm sure you didn't buy that, did you? Well, that's it for the News Roundup this week. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. And I'll see you next time in the Chain Reaction Podcast. Bye for now.
The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.